welcome everybody to the green room. We're doing it live here in the Silver Lake studios, and I got a Mr. Rick Edwards on the line from uh, Glenlivet Scotch. He is a brand ambassador. First off, uh, Rick, thanks for calling in, man. That's my pleasure, Sean. All right. Now, I uh, immediately, whenever I, you know, we've uh, we've done some stuff with Glenlivet before, and immediately I'm just, I, I'm, I got to be honest, I'm completely envious. The job of a uh, brand ambassador just seems like a, for a guy who enjoys scotch, that just seems like uh, literally a dream come true. I got to tell you, the second most common question I get is, "How do I get your job?" <laughs> <laughs> what's Every the, day, man. Now, what's the, by chance? What's the what's the first question you get? Uh, usually, it's, most, what are you wearing under your kilt? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a uh, lot of uh, kilt jokes, I'm sure. Oh now, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm actually wearing a kilt right now, drinking uh, the Glenlivet 18 year old as we speak. Oh wow, lovely, uh, lovely selection there. So now, how did you get into this? I know currently you're living out in Hollywood. I guess you're you're out in Iowa right now. You're calling in from there. I know you're uh, originally from Iowa, but how did you? Uh, how does a guy like uh, from Iowa end up being a brand ambassador for Glenlivet Scotch out here in Hollywood? Literally, I stumbled into it. <laughs> like all good I, scotch blended jobs. Into it, and I haven't stumbled out of it. <laughs> now, I, um, it says you were in the uh, Air Force, or no? I'm sorry, you were in the uh, Armed Forces at a young age. What? Uh, I what, what drew you to uh, being in the military so early? Well, I I joined the army when I was 17 years old. My father was uh, my recruiter, so I actually went into basic training as an E3 and uh, made rank pretty quickly. So at age 17, I went into infantry school. I did my basic training down in Fort Benning. Uh, I was the youngest soldier to actually graduate from jump school and got my airborne wings. I was 17 years old and three months. Uh, about wow, three that's months. crazy, man. 17 yeah. years old and three months. I mean, I was... I remember when I was 17, I was in uh, spring break after I graduated high school, and I was terrified to do a bungee jump. I can only imagine becoming an infantry or um, yeah, an airborne uh, fighter. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was a paratrooper, and I went on to air assault school and uh, uh, went to RIP school, which is the pre-ranger indoctrination program, and I uh, never made it through ranger school because I couldn't pass land navigation. And I, I tell you, man, I still get lost everywhere I go today. <laughs> yeah, that's that doesn't help in the special forces. A guy asking for directions. <laughs> right, right. Which way? Which way? Sure. Sorry. What happened was when I got out of the army. You know, when I ETS out of the army, I was uh, 23 years old, and I just didn't want to go back to Iowa at that point. And uh, when I was in basic training, I got the nickname Hollywood. Like my first day of basic, the drill sergeants walked up to me and they're like, "You look like you ought to be in Hollywood, Hollywood." And so that nickname <laughs> stuck throughout my whole time of service. And when I got out of the army, it was either go back to Iowa or you know what? I ended up in Hollywood, man. I just moved out here and I got a job bartending down in Venice Beach at a little Mexican restaurant. And uh, I was slinging drinks, and then one day we had a promotion, a big Scotch whiskey promotion. And these five guys came into my bar, and they were wearing kilts, and they had a bagpiper playing with them, and they were jumping up on the furniture and doing really bad Scottish accents. And uh, 45 minutes later, they left, and I was like, you guys are gone? You're out of here? They're like, oh, yeah, that, you know, that, that was it, 45 minutes. I'm like, how do I get your job? And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, got the number, and that's how it all started back in 1996, brother. Well, that's crazy, man. I um, Now, it's, I'm looking at your resume. This is pretty – it's pretty impressive. There's a lot of scotch-based education, it seems like you got on here. What was your – okay, so now 
exactly like you just ask them hey how do you get started with this and then what what happened from there did you have to do you have to audition to like be a scotch ambassador like hey i'm here to drink whiskey oh, okay i don't i don't think you're right like what's what's kind of the screening process you know basically it was kind of a it was a modeling gig to begin with so i started out as a as a promotional model kind of like a a Scottish version of a bud girl, okay? <laughs> and so then I went from being a promotional model, um, you know, where we had to go into the bars and talk to consumers and customers, and I hated not being the guy that didn't know the answers. Because, you know, Scotch drinkers would walk up to you and be like, well, what's the difference between this and that? And I hated not knowing, so I was always the guy that would go home and research the answers. Well, pretty soon they made me a um, an on-premise manager, and I was booking these models, and then they realized, you know what, you're not good behind the desk booking these models. We need to really put you out there. So they made me a brand ambassador. And then from a brand ambassador, that's where I stayed for several years. And then about 2001, they made me a national mentor. And as a national mentor, I traveled all over the United States to different markets, mentoring all these uh, local ambassadors, you know, these promotion models. And then in yeah. 2000. I became uh, a master of scotch. I was one of the first five masters of scotch uh, with a program, and I actually went over to the Royal Lochnagar Academy there, and I actually studied uh, scotch whiskey, which just means we drank a lot. Well, that's, I mean, that's, like you said, that sounds like a dream come true. It is funny when you say mentor, like usually you picture mentor as like, oh, hey, you're playing after school basketball with a couple of inner city youth, but no, you're just talking to old guys about scotch and hanging out. Sounds like a lot more fun. <laughs> and hanging out with the guys at ladies too. There's there's women in whiskey. Let's not forget about them. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Now great women in whiskey. Now uh, I'm a my name's Sean Green, obviously, and um, you know I, I I really enjoy the Irish whiskey, but I've I've uh, definitely got definitely got way more into Scotch even just in the past few years uh, drinking the Glenlivet and you know getting a hankering for that. Now I feel like I've asked this question before, or I, I don't. I can never really explain to people the difference between a Scotch whiskey and a traditional Irish whiskey. Is there? What's the easiest way to describe that? Here's the best way to describe it. Typically in Scotland, we distill our whiskey twice, but in Ireland they distill it three times, and they still can't get it right. Uh, <laughs> oh, look at you trying to get some something started with the people over at Jameson's, huh? <laughs> I tell you, man, that 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 usually goes over better with my Jameson counterparts sitting with me. Then I always say, you know, there's an age-old debate over who invented whiskey. Was it the Scots or was it the Irish? Was it the Irish or was it the Scots? But man, Sean, there's only one thing that we agree upon. Sure as hell wasn't the English. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't have a anchor for that. No, and Irish whiskey is definitely a lighter style whiskey. It's a it's a lighter style whiskey. Uh, it is triple distilled. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, uh, malted barley that they're using. Like they use a single malt Scotch whiskey. Uh, you will get a blend of different grains and mash bills. Uh, you know, you're, you're allowed to use corn or wheat or oats or rye or uh, any fermentable grain. So you but would with, say. So uh, long story short, it's less distilling and. Um, less um, ingredient variation, would you say? Uh, bigger pot, you know, bigger stills. It's a little the, the distillation process is definitely uh, important there. But for an Irish whiskey, typically we just want to refer to it as more of a lighter styled whiskey. Um, you've had Jameson before. 
yes. and the Glenlivet. The Glenlivet is it's a very approachable. It's a very soft whiskey. You know, some of the core flavors that we get out of the Glenlivet is, you know, some fruity, some floral, um, some vanilla and honey. You're going to get some spicy notes coming out of there. Uh, you got a lot more depth, I think, in my opinion, on Scotch whiskey than you do on some of the Irish whiskeys. But the Irish whiskeys do certainly have uh, this array of these flavors that just, you know, they hit and they, they expand. And I always say drinking an Irish whiskey sometimes is like having an aurora borealis on the palate. There's just a lot of movement that goes on there. Um, definitely, uh, you know, getting you to drink a little bit more. I, uh, I can actually hold my <laughs> yeah, Irish that, whiskey. I was going to say that's, uh, that's going to be tough, you know, a, a few drinks in, expl- doing that aurora borealis, uh, saying that five times fast with a few scotches in you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that like, like, with the Glenlivet, with the Glenlivet, uh, one of the first things I always tell people about the Glenlivet, and I'll explain why it's called the Glenlivet in just a moment, is that the wood makes up about 86% of the flavor of Scotch whiskey. So about 86% of that flavor is coming from the wood. And with the Glenlivet, we are not a linear expression. So what that means is with every expression, we're actually using a different type of barrel. So the 12-year-old is, you know, it's American oak. Uh, the 15-year-old starts introducing some of the French oak. Uh, the 18-year-old, you're using a Spanish oak, so you're getting a discreet sherry influence. And by changing the different woods, don't think of it as like the 18 is simply six years older than the 12. It's a completely different whiskey than the gun with a 12-year-old, which, by the way, is the number one selling single malt. Um, you know, it's just so approachable, and it's got the beautiful, fruity characters to it. Uh, that yeah, really well, Oh, sorry. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say I, I you guys were uh, kind enough to send over some some whiskey for me to taste. I got the 12 year old, the 16 year old, and the 25 uh, year old in front of me. You wanna? I uh, I'll just take a little swig off the 20 or the 12 year old. What now? I know you're supposed to put a little bit of water in uh, in a scotch traditionally to help open it up. Is that true? Yeah, you know, a splash of water, whenever we do an analytical evaluation, like when we're judging a whiskey, or we're really trying to, you know, sit down and find these descriptors that you'll read on, you know, from the marketing materials, um, you want to put a little splash of water in there. Basically what that does is it breaks the surface tension, the water opens up the aromas that are in the glass, things like this. Have you ever been, like, uh, out camping and it rained, and all of a sudden you can smell everything around you? You can smell the, the trees. You can smell the grass. You can smell the dirt. Everything just opens up when it rains. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a great analogy. All right, so I'm taking a little pull off this uh, 12-year-old. What, what should I be tasting here? Uh, I want you to remember, the first pull that you take off this, actually just kind of tilt your head down a little bit and just hold that with you in your palate for about seven seconds. So take a sip right now, and I'm going to walk you through this. So the first three seconds, nearly all you get is alcohol because that's, you know, it's, it's 80 proof. So after the alcohol starts to subside, you're going to start getting these beautiful fruity flavors. And when I say fruity, I want you to think of like pineapple rind. You're going to get some nice um, uh, apple and pear characteristics. Slowly raise your head and just let that whiskey slowly roll down the back your palate now. As you breathe in, now you're getting some of this fruity, but floral character stuff to come out of it. Um, with some nice citrus, a little bit of an orange tinge on the back of it, that we're going to get more of that when we get heavier into the older years. Oh, wow. Now, yeah, you I, breathe just, out just, and tell me, what did you get? Yeah, no, I got that a lot. And, um, yeah, you, de- you can definitely taste the fruitiness and, yeah, the wood is, um, yeah, that was a great way to describe it. You can really taste the is it what kind of wood do they use? They use an oak barrel. Is that what traditionally, or or like you said, it, it the wood varies between the different different uh, whiskeys. 
Well, I'm a 12-year-old. We're using American oak, which uh, its Latin name is Corcus alba. Corcus alba being the American species of oak. Uh, you know, you will never be using larch, or we won't be using Oregon pine or Douglas fir. Uh, we, you know, we use those for some of the washbacks, which I'm not going to get into. That's a whole different production process. But for aging a whiskey, it's always oak. Okay. All right. Um, let's check out this 16-year-old. Now, same type of thing. Put it... Take a swig, let it uh, hang on to it for a little bit, and then and then let it go back in your uh, gullet there? Yeah. I'm actually smiling right now. And everybody who's listening to your to your cast right now who's had Nadora, all of you guys are probably smiling with me because this is a beast. This one is unlike any other whiskey I've ever had. There's five things that you need to know about Nadora. First thing is the word Nadora means natural in the Gaelic language. And the reason we call this Nadura by the Glenlivet, instead of calling it the Glenlivet 16-year-old, is because this is as close as you'll ever get to drinking whiskey straight out of a barrel. Man, it goes from the barrel directly into the bottle. Nothing added, nothing taken out. So that's why it's natural. Second thing you need to know about this, Sean, is it's cast strength. It's 120 proof to 110 proof. Now, every oh, wow. bottle... <laughs> Yeah, every bottle is going to have a different alcohol strength on it. Um, I'm sorry, batch, not bottle. What is your alcohol strength on this bottle? It should, oh, you it know should what? Be sorry, nine, I, got the, I got the bottle in the other room. <laughs> I so already poured the glass. It's 9.7 to 52.4. So it's cast strength. The oh. third thing you need to know about Nadura is this. It's non-chill filtered, which means we haven't stripped out all the fatty compounds. Fatty lipids that are residual from barrels in there, the beta testosterols, uh, the congeners, uh, but these fatty lipids turn your whiskey very cloudy and gray when you add ice to it. But if you strip those fatty compounds away, you're taking away the natural character. So we left it in. That's the third thing you need to know. Fourth thing is, it's 100% bourbon barrels. First fill bourbon barrels, which means it's the first filling of scotch whiskey in a used bourbon barrel. Uh, so you're going to get a lot of vanilla notes coming off the uh, Nadura. And the last vanilla? thing, a lot of vanilla notes coming off. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely noticed the vanilla, almost like a, a nut flavor. Is that is that something you guys get with that, a little nutty? Some nuttiness will come out in there. You know, we do find a lot of hazelnut aromas. Uh, we get some candied walnut aromas coming out of there. Uh, mainly you find a lot of those nutty flavors coming out of the Glenlivet French Oak 15-year-old. So if you have the 15-year-old with you, you would really get a big hazelnut and cedarwood characteristic coming out. All so right. I get tropical fruit. I get vanilla. And I get a little bit of coconut and banana cream pie, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, maybe that was the nut I was tasting, the coconut. Yeah. All right. So the now uh, the last one here, we got the uh, 25-year-old. Any, what are the uh, what are the notes here on the 25-year-old? That's what I call Christmas in a bottle. If you think about all the flavors of Christmas time, you know, mom's in the kitchen, she's making the fruit cakes, and you get a lot of cinnamon and spices, and you're getting a lot of the allspice. Um, just, it's almost like a fruit cake, if you will. Uh, some plum flavors coming out in there. Uh, it's the only whiskey in the Glenlivet line that's finished in sherry. So what we do is we age this whiskey 23 years simultaneously in American oak and Spanish oak casks. Then at the end of 23 years, we take both those two different casks and we marry them together. I don't use the word blend because that's a whole other topic. But we marry those uh, 23-year-old whiskeys into a first-fill sherry barrel for the final two years, and that's 100% transfer for two years, and then we bottle it. So if you look at the color of the Nadura next to the color of the 25-year-old, one is about as dark as night, 
and the other is just very, very pale straw. Yeah, no, I can see that. It's uh, it's definitely a little darker. Wow, the 25-year-old, just as delicious. Out of these uh, three, what's do you have a particular one, or is it like your children? You can't you can't uh, choose. It's kind of like your children, and you can't choose. But you know, like if I'm out on the golf course, or if it's a nice summer drink, I tell you, the Glen of a 12-year-old is a perfect summer scotch because it's light, it's not smoky. There's absolutely no peat used over at our distillery. So it's just very nice. And if you put the gun of the 12-year-old on the rocks, it just goes down with butter. Well, that sounds delicious, and I, I think I'll take it. I might uh, have to take it out with me next time I go on the course, you know, Scottish golf and uh, Scottish whiskey. They go uh, well together. All right, appreciate your time, Rick. Where can, um, obviously, uh, people yeah, just order Gun Limited at your local bar or uh, liquor store? Where um, do you Are you doing any events coming up? Yeah, I think on, uh, uh, I don't have it right off the top of my head, but I think it's June 26th. Check out Seven Grand. There's a bar in downtown Los Angeles called Seven Grand, and I'm actually going to be okay. walking everybody through um, several different whiskeys that we have in our portfolio, uh, some the Glen Living, and also some of our other uh, sister distilleries that we have, like Avalauer and Longmorn Scapa. Um, you know, we've got Chivas Regal in our portfolio, Royal Salute. Uh, Seven Grand, downtown on 7th Street and Grand Avenue, and it is uh, maybe May 26th. What is that Monday? I, I don't have a calendar in front of me now. Oh, you know what? Yeah, it's all right. I'll um, yeah, just send me an email. I'll, I'll post the event there for you. But uh, check out May Seven Street. Grand for some uh, some tasting events with Rick Edwards. And uh, Rick, appreciate your time and uh, good luck living the uh, high life with Glen Living. Great, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on your show. All right, take care, man. Cheers, Clark.